What's up, everybody? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Tuesday, June 4th, 2019. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside the busiest lady in the business, Andrew Renee. What's good, Greg? Plain M&M's! No! Yes. The king of the M&M's, plain, plain, everybody! Peanut, 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 So if you think peanut, Barrett and Kevin know what's going on in life and you want to support and peanut Joey, M&M's, Joey, um, and Joey Noel. Excuse me, Dan Reichert is on TV. Dan Reichert. Dirty Dan Reichert. You kidding me over there? A bunch mm-hmm. of terrible people back in it. You can be with Andrea, you can be with me, you can be with Kameo. That's the real people who know M&M's tastes and it's regular plain chocolate M&M's. Gross. Now don't get in here if you're new to the argument. If you missed... Uh, the Patreon exclusive, uh, whatever. If you the Patreon recording of the kind of funny podcast yesterday, you might have missed this poll that was going on. Joey put up it, between plain M and M's and peanut M's. That's it. No that other M and M's are to be considered. We're just making the argument right to, about that right there on that ground. Who will die? It's not too late. Go to twitter.com slash Joey Noel. Vote for plain M&M's. No, if no if you're a other M&M fan, M&M existed. I'm kidding. There's no poll. We're not talking don't about caramel. We're not no, talking about peanut butter. We're not talking about the weird jalapeno ones. Those are None weird. of those. They are weird. Those. We're talking we only about on classic that. delicious chocolate or gross Putrid nasty peanuts. peanut butter. Oh, peanuts. It's so good. Like Greg Just and I so said, gross. we love peanuts. We love peanut butter. The peanuts in peanut M&M's, however, mm-mm, nay-nay. They're so good. Right now, it's only a 5% lead for peanut M&M's. You or are, a difference, you I guess. You are guaranteed it's a 10, to, 10% get, lead. to get nasty peanut M&M's in every bag of peanut M&M's. Not peanut one classic. suck. All right? M&M's Every proper, M&M in that perfect. bag is going to be delicious. I'm just saying the official Kind of Funny Twitter account tweeted in support for I can go delete peanuts. that tweet whenever I want to. Barrett, but I'm just not because going you to, run right? the official exactly. Twitter account exactly. doesn't mean anything. <laughs> you just because you don't put any punctuation on any of the tweets you write for any of us. You make us all look like a bunch of idiots. <laughs> Shut up, Kevin. <laughs> If you didn't know, ladies and gentlemen, this is Kind of Funny Games Daily. Today we're talking about the Watch Dogs leak, Apple supporting game controllers, and more. Of course, this is Kind of Funny Games Daily. I put it on a lot of scores arguing about M&M's. We run you through the nerdy video game news you need to know about each and every weekday here on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames. If you're watching live, you have a special job. Go to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. Tell us what we screw up as we screw it up so we can set the record straight for everybody watching later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames, roosterteeth.com, and listening on podcast services around the globe housekeeping for you today remember the kind of funny games e3 showcase is monday june 10th at 4 30 p.m we are in that specific time we're gonna have more than 60 indie games uh, you can watch it with us youtube.com slash kind of funny games again 4 30 p.m it is uh right after ub right before square uh if, as soon as ours ends you can go over to our twitch channel and watch our pre-show for have the you announced the runtime no, it's because it's not finalized. Okay. Roger's editing it right now. It'll be like last time, so right around an hour. Could be a little bit shorter, I think, based on how we uh, pepped up our uh, intros, outros a little bit this time around. So somewhere around an hour. But you'll be fine. You'll be all set for square. Don't worry about it. Uh, thank you to our Patreon producers, Daniel Massey, Blackjack, Colton Yoder, and Mohammed Mohammed. Today we're brought to you by Hams and Omaha Steaks, but I'll tell you about that later for now. Let's begin the show with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. I knew you'd do something. You had that look in your eye. Time for some news. Not sponsored by Peanut M&M's. Oh, fingers. That's brought to you by Peanut M&M's. There's five. There's five on the Roper Report today. Number one. 
It looks not like Watchdog's Legion has leaked. This is from Jason over at Kotaku. It wouldn't be E3 without every Ubisoft game leaking, wouldn't it? Following Roller Champions last month, the third Watchdogs has now leaked out thanks to Amazon UK and is called Watchdogs Legion. Kotaku ran together. Kotaku can confirm that this one's real, and we've heard the name from several sources plugged into the company. Watchdogs Legion is set in London, as we confirmed a while ago, and here's the really interesting gimmick. You can play as any NPC you recruit in the game. From the product description, quote, play as anyone. Every individual you meet in the open world has a full set of animations, voiceover, character traits, and visuals that are generated and guided by gameplay systems. Back to Jason. I've heard the same, and also that you'll see different things in different points in the game depending on which NPC you're playing as. In fact, from what I've heard, this system is so ambitious that it's been causing the developers a lot of headaches, parentheses, and may have led to at least one delay. More next week at E3. Andrea, Watch Dogs Legions, how you feeling? Legion, how you feeling? I have to be honest. Not really that pumped about this. What's your problem? It's Watch Dogs. Dude, it's so cool. It's Watch Dogs. I think the idea of it, it's really interesting. And okay. I think it's absolutely ambitious, as the article states. I would need to see it in in real time to see how it works. But I think it's a it's a cool concept. I was never really a big Watch Dogs person. Not because it wasn't a well-made game or because the concepts weren't neat. There's just something about that whole world of hacking everything yeah. that just never like hooked me. Did you ever did you play two at all? Did you yeah. give two a chance? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Okay. Um I just I think I gave up at like the fifteen hour mark. Oh wow, okay. So you give it a, you give the old college try then. Yeah, okay. exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, one one I wanted to love. It's in Chicago. It's whatever. I didn't like the whole Aiden character. I didn't like the whole hacking thing. I didn't like the serious tone it was trying to take of vigilantism. Mm-hmm. And then Watch Dogs Two for me was perfect of it's San Francisco and there's bright colors and this guy's fun and the the you know the dead sec loves trailers and they're watching movie trailers and like the missions are cool and zany and of course I remember that my story goes and it's tired I know but when I jumped into a party chat one day with uh, Mitch Dyer and James Faulkner they were all playing Watch Dogs 2 by themselves but you know hanging out in a chat and so I was hanging out we were all playing and Mitch started talking about how he shoots people with rubber bullets and I was like what do you mean and he's like, oh, well, you know, there's so much wanton killing in this game with guns that uh, to justify the disconnect between my character, who's a super nice guy who loves movie trailers, I just say it's rubber bullets. And I was like, you guys use guns? And it was the first time I realized that I was playing the game as a hacker in terms of like, oh, go in here and infiltrate. Okay. Which meant I sat on the street corner and, re- you know, took my little drone in or my RC car in and just, you know, da-da, ran and got the objective and got out. Whereas other people were running around shooting. And it, it for me, opened the eyes of, the disconnect and why other people weren't finding the same connection with the characters in the world I was because I was coming in and role playing for all intents and purposes, right? Of like, oh, I'm not going to use my guns ever, really. I'm never going to get into a gunfight. When I had to go for trophies at the end, and that's how you had to do it, it was like so foreign to be using a gun as Marcus. Maybe that's why I didn't connect with it because I did. I mean, it's a open world Ubisoft game with guns in it. Like, why wouldn't you use the guns? Because it's just not how Dead Sec would roll. They're nice people. Yeah. They were nice people. Marcus okay. was a nice well, boy. Listen, you opened my eyes to a perspective on how to play that game that I did not think about. That. Hey, but you're not wrong. Like it's giving you those options, right? And so, however you interpret it, to play with the toolbox and the sandbox. That's how you do it and how it goes. So for me, jumping off of that, I'm excited for more Watch Dogs. Mm-hmm. Watch Dogs Legion sounds so fucking weird. You know what I mean? Yeah. At play as anyone. Every individual we meet in the open world has a full set of animations, voiceover, character traits, and visuals that are generated and guided by gameplay systems. Let me try to justify that. I feel Thank like you, there will be, you know, like Captain America: Winter Soldier, one of the best MCU movies of all time. I agree. They have that like weird face mask stuff where like she's um, uh, 
why my uh, Scarlett Johansson's character like pulls it off and it's like this digital face. Yeah, I imagine it'll be something like that. Where like, oh, anybody you run into, you can copy their face, so you can and their really traits like, and their voiceovers yeah. and their like, abilities. Like Arya, like she just takes on their face. Yeah, Mission Impossible style. Yeah, I believe it. I feel like that's the one way you can justify it. Well, I th- I think what. This is why I want to see it in action, right? Yeah. What it looks like in game, no, because totally it's fair. incredibly ambitious that they're all going to have a full set of animations, voiceover, and character traits that are generated and guided by gameplay systems. Because let's be honest, as much as we're fans of Ubisoft and love a lot of Ubisoft open world games, their open world NPCs are a little rough around the edges. Sure, fair. So sure. if you're going to implement a gameplay system where essentially it's randomly generating this kind of stuff on the fly, or even if it's like bespoke, you know, animations that are created, but there's just a bazillion of them. Like, I, uh, it has the potential for an uncanny valley nightmare situation. The biggest thing is, you, you know, <laughs> it's just, will there really, I feel like you flirt with disaster here. And granted, we haven't seen the game. We know nothing about it, but just yeah. from a thing, it sounds like one of those things that's, oh, that's really weird and interesting. Then we're going to go in and yeah, 20 hours in, am I really getting a random guy or am I getting, okay, cool. That's Ted's face from 30 hours ago. And clearly it's the one personality trait that I know I used with Aisha. What back mm-hmm. in the day? Like, is it going to be that diverse and that crazy and that different that it actually nets out that way? Or is there really right. like four or five archetypes that I'm playing with and moving things around on? And I just, yeah, you know, Jason again, right? You can play as any NPC you recruit in the game. So am I building a, a, a army here of dead sec people or however they're going to do it? And well, then, Watch Dogs Legion sounds like sounds like an army to me. It's true. Yeah, that's true. You, you, nailed, you nailed that part, actually. Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, I'm... Interested building an army doesn't sound great, but then of course Metal Gear Solid Peace Walker. We all remember the best Metal Gear game where I was building, uh, you know what? what you- and even that concept in like uh, the Assassin's Creed games, right? They they've been building on that since like two. Of sure. Like building your own like crew, and obviously you can't play as those people, but that concept is something that they're you know not unfamiliar with. See, but that and that's the thing I guess where for me and again we're talking out our ass. We don't know we're just hypothesizing. Right. I feel like I lose connection to a game when I start and I can jump around between different people. Mm-hmm. I, what I liked about Peace Walker, you know, was, hey, you are big boss. You are building outer heaven for all intents and purposes. Like, you're recruiting these people, and then you send them off on missions, but you're not going out on the missions with them, right? right? Like, you're not you're not doing that. You're not playing as those people. Right. So that's, I'm, that's the same thing. I think it was with, two maybe Brotherhood, where it's like, yeah, you're recruiting these people, and then you can, like, send them off, go on missions, and have them, like, level up, and then they bring, like, back. Yeah, that was like, Brotherhood. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, but you could recruit people in Origins, or, excuse me, in Odyssey, too, right? Like, sure, you, yeah, you, you can have your little, people your little thing of... You kind of like min max them, them in there. the menu of yeah. like who's got the stats that you want your on your ship. Yeah, 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 exactly. 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 I don't know. It's going to be interesting. It is a, a very interesting, weird thing to do. And yeah, I like the idea. I don't know. It's different, which is cool. Uh, voiceover, character trades, visuals, and then this idea that, yeah, if you they actually change what the game's, what you'll see different things in cutscenes, I assume, or different branching paths, depending on what you see. Should be interesting. Ubisoft's conference, of course, Monday. I believe they're... I don't want to get it wrong. I opened up the GameSpot article here, right? It's Monday at 1, I believe. Yeah, the company's kicking off its live stream at noon while the conference proper is scheduled to begin at 1 Yeah, o'clock. they do a lot of pre-show stuff where yeah. we get to hear from dev teams from around the world. But as I always say, fuck that. Watch it with Kind of Funny. You know what I mean? Yeah. 12.30 Pacific, we'll have our pre-show up and running. Twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. Of course, you can go to my Twitter. Twitter.com slash Game Over Greggy. The pinned tweet is all the E3 stuff we're doing because they're is a lot of them i put a question in here for, from the dead man 97 alex but i think we kind of answered it so i'm just reading here description player what do you think no i think we pretty much got all around that we didn't talk a lot about london excited to go around london that'll be cool right 
You, you sure. were just there. You were just at London. Yeah. So now you can go drive London's around. London's fine. You can run around. London's do all the a things nice city. The, it is a nice city. They got the tube. You remember the tube, Andrea? I, I rode the tube. Wow. I got my Oyster card. Wow. Loaded it up. Hit the subway. Yeah. It was great. Great. You, you, know, you can th- use your Oyster cards on the buses, too. It was really convenient. Yeah, it's smart. Yeah. They got the, that public transit thing down pat there. Did you get London. some fish and chips? Um, did not get fish and chips. I know, but I had Fake a proper tourist. afternoon tea. Okay, that, that's actually better. That's actually better. I'll give you. All right. All right, cool. All right. Number two on the Roper Report. Apple announces PS4 slash Xbox One controller support. This is Jeremy Winslow at GameSpot. Apple hosted its annual Worldwide Developers Conference today with a bevy of announcements for both its hardware and software. Kicking the conference off was an unexpected surprise. PlayStation 4 and Xbox One controller support is headed to both iPhone via iOS 13 and Apple TV. According to Apple's official iOS 13 features preview, the upcoming software update, slated to launch this fall, will allow PS4 and Xbox One controllers to work on iPhones via Bluetooth compatibility. With Apple's TVOS update, also slated to launch this fall, both controllers will work on the Apple TV as well. As the CNET report states, Apple hasn't confirmed whether the, whether all controller features, such as rumble vibration and headphone functionality, will work uh, once both products receive their respective updates. The news comes not long after uh, the California-based company unveiled its game streaming service, Apple Arcade. The monthly subscription service is expected to launch this fall, and while pricing remains undisclosed, Apple has confirmed that a lot of developers, including Konami, Sega, Sumo Digital, and more, are working on bringing games to the platform. Some titles include Oceanhorn 2, Knights of the Lost Realm, Team Sonic Racing, The Artful Escape, Where Cards Fall, and more. Andrea, mm-hmm. this is cool. Yeah. This is cool because finally maybe I can use the PlayStation 4 controller on PlayStation 4 Remote Play on the uh, thing. Because remember, they put it out and everybody's like, this is really cool. And then we opened it up and it's like, oh, it's just touchscreen. Lame. This is worthless. I can't use this for anything. But if you could use your DualShock 4 on your mm-hmm. iPad Pro. See, and that's the one thing. Remote it. Play. They're talking about, right? It's iPhone via iOS 13, Apple TV. Fucking put iPads in there too, guys. Help me out. Well, iOS is on iPad. It says specifically iPhone, and I don't trust anything because I'm stupid. I guess you could just... I'm stupid. You could do the magnifying. Exactly. <laughs> I'm very dumb, and I refuse to believe it, let alone kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. Let me know Why if I got it wrong. Why they wouldn't optimize that specifically for iPad seems like a big miss to me. Because they want, they want my money. They want me... I have an iPad, buy the Apple controller or some garbage like that. No, but that's what I'm saying. If they optimize it for iPad, particularly the iPad Pro, the big one, the powerful yeah, one... Like, the one I got. That could... That would could get people like me who's still sitting on her iPad 4 mm, to upgrade okay. to a brand new fancy iPad. Yeah. Either way, hopefully it works on iPad. I don't know. I, I mean, iOS 13 is coming to an iPad, you assume, right? But again, I'm stupid. I'm not going to make that assumption. Kind of find com slash your own. Big news either way, because that's just cool. I like that idea. I'm definitely interested and intrigued to see if and how this will potentially play into Apple Arcade that they're launching. And if there's going to be controller support for a variety of those games, I have to imagine that there will be. Though, you know, mobile gaming purists will say that, you know, true games developed for mobile are designed for the glass and not designed for controller because simulated controller in a mobile environment generally doesn't feel good in the vast majority of mobile games that are out there. Of course, there are examples of where it's done really well. So I would like to see some games with controller support running with these controllers sure you know, see, on, for on me, an iphone or gets, an android phone what gets it for me is the idea that it's not even about mobile games anymore 
if it can just be, I mean, like they're talking about, you know, they bring up Apple Arcade and their streaming service, right? Like we're getting mm-hmm. closer and closer to what uh, gets me so excited about Project X Cloud, right? Which is just iPhone, iPad, or whatever, tablet, don't even know if it'll work with our devices, and a controller, and I'm streaming Xbox games. So if this is, as they're bringing up, you know, like Team Sonic Racing is going to be running on this thing from Sega, is the Apple streaming service going to tackle uh, what Stadia is trying to do? And move do you think they're going to go after Stadia? I think that they're laying the groundwork for it, at least. I think that they could absolutely make a play here. Yeah. We've seen them continue to put investment in their entertainment branches, going from what was traditionally a hardware-only company to a more of a software-focused enterprise as they're seeing global hardware sales dip. No. Don't get it twisted. They're still making a ton of money yeah, yeah, yeah. from hardware around the world, but they are invested in these opportun- other opportunities. We see, we saw them do their big TV and film push um, earlier in the year. Um, we ha- obviously know that Apple has established publishing relationships with all of the major developers. I, I'm pretty sure every major publisher is has published something in the iOS store. So. I think that they're poised to offer some kind of streaming alternative to Google Stadia and potentially do it better from the perspective of the publishers because they probably won't have to give up as much as maybe Google is asking for. But I don't know. I don't know how those conversations are going or, you know, traditionally we've heard mixed feelings from developers about working with Apple. Some really love working with them. Some hate it and say that they take way too much of a cut. So this is this is interesting. I think this could potentially have big ripples down the line. I hope so. Like I think it's a really cool announcement. I think it's long overdue, and I'm excited to see what it moves to and leads to in this future, where we are getting closer and closer to. Oh, you and I are going to L.A. Controller in my bag and my iPad that I already have, right? Because right now, what it's uh, it's going to be on this, you know, what three <laughs> four day trip to L.A. I'm bringing my iPad, my Switch, my PlayStation Four. <laughs> like, I don't You're think I'm the Switch and the PS Four. You know, on the on the plane, what if I want to play something? I play it on Switch. You know what I mean? Yeah. If the that hotel plane room, it's like fifty minutes. I know. What? What? Uh, you want me to throw off the Switch? I refuse, Andrea. No, I refuse. I'm saying it's okay to maybe not bring the PS4 on this trip. But but about the downtime at hotels, you know what I mean? You can hang out with me, Greg. We're gonna hang out. We're gonna get a drink, and then I'm gonna be like, you know what? I'd like to do. I'd like to go play No Man's Sky, and I'm gonna go up and play some more No Man's Sky. I got but that. I'm with you that I I'm on board for the future where we could bring a single screen and be able to play. Multiple I'm games telling you, man. It. Whoever that would, be, not, that if would it's, be good. If it's Stadia, if it's Apple and they're doing real stuff, which I really hadn't thought about, if it's Microsoft, or even if PlayStation comes out with this PlayStation Five and has some business, like mm-hmm. I'm all in. Like that's going to be a game changer for me, just to be able to sit there and be like, oh, cool, that's what I'm going to do. Now, you want to get confusing? Let's get confusing. Kindoffunny.com/slash you're wrong. All right. So people, iOS iOS 13 is not coming to the iPad. iPad is getting iPad OS. Oh. This is from Brian. He's the first person to put in there. Uh, Jinxie Man says, then here it is. Um, then Dan Rawls, 22, says, iPad OS is confirmed for support with the DualShock 4, according to PlayStation's official Facebook post, as seen here. Okay. That's great, but that's not Apple, which I hate, right? Um, and then... Uh, here we go. Well, Juan, Mal- Juan Maldives, or Maldives says Apple does not include iPad in their list of supported devices for iPad 13 because, of course, it's not coming there. They also have announced iPad OS, though there's not a ton of details. Uh, and, then, and it goes on like this of it going then. Then Arvel likes to pop up and go, you can use the DualShock 4 with remote play already. You have to log in with a second account with another DualShock 4, stream it. That's not the fuck what I'm talking no, about. No, no, we don't want to work around. You understand what we, I want. We I, want, yeah. like, native integration. Exactly. So... 
It look, we definitely know. Here, wait, wait, we know that we're getting. Oh, see, now here you go. Now, nanobiologist iPad is getting iPad OS, not iOS 13. So they are not getting controller support. They are getting mouse support, though. In that, so it's it, we're all over the place. Who knows what the hell's happening? It seems what what does iPad o, iOS have? Nobody's fucking sure. Seems like details are sketch. We will figure it out. We will keep you posted. Everybody, calm down. We're gonna figure it out. All right. Number three. Starbreeze is laying off some people. This is an official statement from there. Starbreeze has decided to make organizational changes in order to make the organization more efficient and reduce costs. As a consequence, the number of employees will be reduced by approximately 60. The changes are expected to be fully implemented in November and will correspond to a cost reduction of approximately three MSEK per month. That's three like heads, three people. Uh, Starbreeze is in reconstruction as of December 2018 and is in a challenging financial situation. The company has decided to focus on its core business, game development and publishing. To be able to operate as an efficient and profitable business long term, Starbreeze has decided to implement organizational changes. Today, the Starbreeze group... Uh, Group has 240 pl- uh, pl- people employed. I, d- I d- double back because that doesn't actually make sense when they're talking about it. So 60 people, three a month. That would only read out to 60. But you understand what's going on. Um, so yeah, Starbreeze continuing to trying to fix this. Of course, Starbreeze you know, made headlines when Payday was a huge success. Then they didn't do well with that Walking Dead game. Then the Walking Dead rights were taken away from Skybound. Then there was the, they came and t- arrested those guys out front for money laundering, but it wasn't apparently related to Starbreeze. And then the hits keep coming for Starbreeze. If they can turn this around... That will be one of the craziest stories in video games because it, it seems like the writing's on the wall. I appreciate them trying to save the day and get in there and get it done. Who will see? They are the ones uh, publishing Psychonauts. Am that I, is correct. Yeah, yeah right. I just looked it up because I I thought I remember hearing their name, um, and so they are publishing Psychonauts too. They of course also published Dead by Daylight, which is very popular. Um, they everywhere. They have, did they publish that, or was that just like one of those where they published? Uh, they on a published platform? it on PC, PS4, and Xbox One. My apologies. Just check. And they also published uh, Raid World War Two, and they have a handful of VR titles that they published as well. Okay, we'll wait and see. Again, if they can fix this, it would be even crazier than when it was like, "Oh, Vivendi's going to buy Ubisoft," and Yves Gilmore was like, "The hell they will." <laughs> but it seemed like Ubisoft was having more success stories than Starbreeze, which seems to be just hit after hit on the bad stuff. Yeah, they've not had any big W's lately. Yeah, obviously. Maybe Psychonauts 2 can turn that around for them. Maybe it can. Maybe Tim Schafer should just finish it, you know? Some would say he's the big problem here. He is a problem guy. Greg, Thank no, you. he's what? our friend. Well, where does he come down on the peanut M&M versus regular M&M debate? That's the big question. Mm-hmm. Should I'm we just text saying him? He did come in yes. last week to help you with the Kind of Funny Game Showcase. That's a spoiler, and you just ruined the showcase. Uh, you posted it on fucking social media last week. I know, week. but I like to try to make you feel bad. Okay. For a second, did it work? Did you <laughs> no, like, oh, God. Knew, no. Oh, God, did I screw up the showcase? No, I knew you. I remember you posted <laughs> Antonio Batista coming through. Well, first off, Batista, great name. Uh, and saying, guess what, ladies and gentlemen? The DualShock is confirmed for iPad OS. Go to the game controller section of apple.com slash ipad os it seems ladies and gentlemen we can trust in batista as usual it's going to be okay everybody calm down it's happening the streaming future is here when when servers go down and stuff don't give you snarky responses all right we're all about this we're trying to make everything happen we're getting there ladies and gentlemen we're getting there the streaming future andrea you're, you're on this tim schaefer business no sorry i got distracted who are you texting then 
It doesn't matter. It's not work-related. God damn it, Andrea. <laughs> Number four, PlayStation Plus prices are rising globally. Not here in the U.S. or Canada yet, but we'll see. Uh, this is Stephanie Nunley over at Video Games, or VG247. Sony is raising the subscription price of PlayStation Plus in Asia and Europe starting August 1st. According to various notices sent to subscribers by Sony, the price increase for PlayStation Plus will vary by sub-choice and location. In France, Germany, and Norway, uh, only one month subscription prices will increase. All three subscription offers offering sorry have a price increase uh, in sweden it goes from 575 to 620 uh, switzerland from 59.90 to 69.90 uh, those numbers are from psn profiles via naibo uh, the price the last price increase for playstation plus was in 2017 and prices across europe and the uk increased by ten dollars or the regional equivalent for the yearly sub uh, the three-month sub went up by five dollars, and the one-month sub went up by one dollar. Japan will see the price go up from five hundred and seven, uh, sorry, five hundred and fourteen yen to eight hundred and fifty yen for the one-month sub, and uh, two thousand one hundred and fifty yen for the three-month sub. One of those. All right, we'll see what happens. We'll see if they, I, they don't have any. They don't have. They said you know it's a notice from uh, Sony to subscribers. They don't have the verbiage in here as to if they're explaining why it's happening or what's going on. But it's usually one of those. If the shoe drops somewhere else, you can expect it to, the other one to come over here eventually. It'll be interesting to see, especially as they've removed games, right, Andrew? Like if they're is I wonder if they're justifying the price increase just because you know the cost of servers the cost of how many the games they are getting for the instant game collection but of course this comes on the heels of what them eliminating playstation 4 eliminating vita or i'm sorry eliminating playstation 3 eliminating vita bringing it down to just playstation 4 along with the occasional playstation vr title i think that you might be overthinking it yeah i think it might just have to do with global inflation rates and global currency fluctuations and potentially it has to do with all of those things as well but we already know the games cost wildly different prices depending on which market of the world that you live in yeah i have to imagine tariffs taxes customs import fees all of that stuff figures into all of the contracts that they do globally so i think it probably has more to do with that and less to do with services that are offered interesting uh do you think we'll see any changes over here in north america um, I wouldn't rule it out, but it, they would have to message it very clearly in order to do that because it's already, you know, quite a big expense for a lot of gamers to add PlayStation Plus. I mean, we, you and I talk all the time about the value of it and how we absolutely believe there is a value there, but yeah. it's still an expense at the end of the day. Oh, 100%. Especially when you have people, you know, like Xbox that are adding more and more value to yeah. what they're offering. And I don't know if there's a comparable thing because as that, somebody who just signed up for a PlayStation Now uh, subscription for the very first oh. time paid $20 to check it out, I was like, oh, this is $20, but Game Pass is 10 Hmm. 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 I don't know if I like that. <laughs> yeah. See, that's my thing is I'm not, I, yeah, I probably am overthinking it. It probably is business logistics, but it's always so hard to pass that pill onto the consumers, right? Usually you want to give them a spoonful of sugar with it in terms of like, hey, prices are going up, but you're getting X, Y, and Z. Like I... I still cannot believe from a marketing perspective, there isn't a PlayStation VR game every month 
That it, it, hey, we took away PS3 and Vita on the Instant Game Collection. However, we're adding in PlayStation VR. You know, we, we, the PlayStation VR has been around for so many years now. We believe there's a library there. We believe if you don't have it, this is a great justification to get you to get it. You're absolutely right. I think that there's plenty of PSVR games that would be great additions to the plus free lineup. And it would be an incentive for people not only to maybe buy PSVR hardware if they've been maybe dragging their feet on it, or if they catch a good sale or something, yeah. um, but also it might encourage people who own a PSVR that maybe haven't picked it up in a while sure, say oh hey that game's for free this month why don't I you know plug in my headset and check it out and I feel like that would be the easiest way if you had to do this to do it to justify why you're doing it hey we're adding value to this thing you already subscribed to it because the last two things have been that we've taken value away from it and yeah you hit the nail on the head as somebody who wants to see PlayStation VR succeed because he likes it so much blood and truth again check it out great game uh it's this idea of, yeah, why wouldn't you do this? Because I thought that was always a great move for the Vita even of, well, fuck, I don't own a Vita, but now I hear Persona's great and I have seven games. If you're, you know, playing, you've been a PS Plus member for seven months that you've been actively downloading just to have, then you have this library ready to go. Where Same thing with VR, where I think if you start it now even, right, and then do, do the normal thing at a holiday, there's a bundle, a new bundle. There's been plenty of bundles, but a, a price reduction or a great bundle. Suddenly you're like, well, you know what? God, I got six games in there already that I've heard great things about. Why not? Exactly. You were playing Trover the other day, right? I was, yes. Tell me about it. I still haven't turned it on. I love, I love obviously, Justin Roiland. I loved Accounting Plus. Uh, you were, are you playing it in VR? Or are you playing it just normal? So I've been doing a little bit of both because I struggle in VR, um, so I can't really play for more than like 30 minutes at a time um, in VR. And so I've been taking turns kind of doing it in regular 2D and then putting the sure. virtual reality headset on. Um, I'm really enjoying it. I, I think the gameplay loop is really satisfying. The the combat is nice and simple, but yeah. but fun. But I mean, that, that game and the game we're talking about is Trover Saves the Universe from Squanch Games. I had the opportunity to work with Justin Roiland at PAX East earlier this year. Of course, Squanch provided that copy of the game for me. Um, and I think it's just so funny that that's what really makes that game yeah, sing. 100%. Is that if you like the humor of Rick and Morty, you're going to like the humor of of Trovin. And if you're like me, and I haven't watched a ton of Rick and Morty, which John keeps giving me a, a hard time about, he's like, let's As watch all the episodes. Um, and you don't have to be a fan or watch Rick and Morty to appreciate the humor and Trover Saves the Universe because it's they're not they're not related narratively at all. No, you're just going to recognize a lot of Justin's voices. Yeah, um, because his his voice acting style is just like he's pulled a lot of inspiration from some of the characters he does on that show. Yeah, but I mean it's fun. It's funny. It's silly in in such a it's in such a dumb way. I mean you have these power babies that go into these sockets in your face that are your eyes, and then to level up they eat each other, and then you stick it back in your in your face and you have these weird characters that kind of follow you around and are super annoying and then sure, but, if, but if you kill them there's real consequences in the game that like narratively will impact like what happens down the down the line and how they interact with you and so yeah. like they've woven some really amazing classic gameplay mechanics into this just like wildly silly and stupid and quite raunchy <laughs> comedy adventure game how is the platinum because of course accounting plus very easy uh, it's bullshit. God damn it! Um, no, well, th there's a trophy there's, where you... There's, yeah, there's one trophy that John got stuck on because it involved him. I don't want to, like, spoil it for anybody, yeah. but... Okay, it If was you're a tough interested, one. you should go look it up. I mean, but there yeah. is one in particular that is kind of like, oh, man. Yeah. Bear Bear Courtney, you been playing at home? Uh, I played uh, the entire thing in one sitting on oh, Saturday. Um, I thought it was okay. Uh, like, it, yeah, there is a lot of that familiar Rick and Morty humor, which is why I was, like, super in the mood to play it. Um, but I, 
it didn't have me like kind of like surprised or laughing out loud uh, really? as much as I thought it would. Like the first level, yeah, definitely because there are these like um, kind of tropes that they play with in, in video games that I thought was funny. And so like the first world, I was like, oh yes. And then it kind of wore off for me after. A couple it does worlds. get a bit repetitive yeah. towards like once you get towards the back half of the game because yeah. they do reuse some of the jokes. But I think where. Um, some of it shines is where traditionally in games you don't spend time like if you just leave Trover next yep. to some NPCs that are talking to each other they'll just like keep going yeah. they'll just keep talking but you're never really encouraged to do that in video games you're encouraged to keep moving yeah, forward keep on and moving. And that to not let great. those moments breathe. Accounting Plus was right? the same way. Yeah, like, well, it's the same oh, thing. Right? Brick. Oh, when he entered that brick, he's still yeah. holding the brick. Yeah. I think he's gonna. I think if you hold on, I think he's gonna throw it at that window. Don't throw it at the window. Yeah. He's gonna do it. Yeah, there's, yeah, like, so there's so like, it's like the same team. Yeah. yeah, similar moments like that, and yeah, there's a lot of like standout moments. But the at the end of like, I think it took me like five hours. I was like, yeah, that was that was fine. That wasn't fun. It, it, that, it was fun, but it wasn't like the. Uh, I don't know. There wasn't a, an extra oomph to it that really made it stick out for me, I guess. Fair. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, guys. Yeah, I think if you're looking for something lighthearted and fun that has some good adult humor, they do have a censored version. You can play mature or censored. Don't do that. Um, it's just like a nice like palate cleanse from like, you know, if you're doing that Destiny grind or Division grind or... Sure. Apex grind, whatever you're. Are you ready is. to grind more into Destiny? Because you guys, oh, big I'm stuff's coming so up. I'm so ready. Right? I'm so bummed that the season of Opulence drops today and season we leave tomorrow. <laughs> and I'm going to be gone for ten days, and then when I come back the following weekend, like everyone in the clan will have like pack surpassed your, pack your PlayStation Four. No, I'm not gonna have time to play Destiny. You could if you make time. You know what <sighs> I mean. Uh, sleep sounds better. Good. These engrams, engrams ain't getting themselves. You know what I'm saying? It's true. They are not. Number five, biggest news story of the day, ladies and gentlemen. There's Xbox deodorant, body spray, and shower gel on their way to you. Finally. This is Eddie over at GameSpot. What does Xbox smell like? You may soon be able to find out. Microsoft has partnered with Lynx to create a new fragrance called Lynx Xbox. Uh, the range includes body spray, deodorant, and shower gel. So really, all your bases are covered. The official description is, simp is simply delightful. Lynx Xbox is a fresh scent of pulsing green citrus uh, featuring top notes of Karif, Karif, how do you spell that? K A F F. I was looking up links. Hold on, let me get back to the story. Karif lime and winter lemon. Oh, kefir. Kefir. My apologies, of course. <laughs> uh, aromatic uh, herbal middle notes of mint and sage, and woody bottom notes of patchouli and clearwood, containing a range of natural essential oils. The Xbox Links range comes with a sleek new look and features a body spray, deodorant, and shower gel. Xbox A N Z boss. Uh, Tanya Chi said in a statement that users can spray or wash themselves with Xbox links to power up before heading out the door in the morning. <laughs> Why would you say level up? Uh, Xbox links will be available from July at grocery stores and pharmacies across Australia and New Zealand. There is no word yet on whether it will be released in other parts of the world. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, if you live in Australia or New Zealand, I am asking you please to send me a kit. We need to smell like true gamers. I want. I need to. I need to. I want to. I'm all about it, man. Let's get it in there. You know what I mean? Go in there. Go. You know. You. you, you I'm sure it's the same for you. Jen's got like. 50 different bottles of shampoo she's tried or oh, the yeah, body wash. So yeah. Go in there with the trash can, all right in the trash, put up the Xbox stuff. That's all, all we need. That's all we need. Yeah. We're ready to roll. You know what I mean? <laughs> Andrea? Yes, Greg. I can't wait for this Xbox body wash, but it's still so far away. If I wanted something more immediate, say what came. <laughs> 
to the mom and grop shops, where would I go? Greg, you would go to the official list of upcoming software across each and every platform as listed by the kind of funny Games Daily show host each and every weekday. Yeah. What did you say over there? He said, yeah. Okay. Make sure it's not more of this peanut M&M garbo <laughs> I have to keep hearing yeah. about it over here. I don't know if you want you look at this. You tell me if it's something worth reading. Okay. Uh, out today. Shattered. Tale of the Forgotten King on PC. Warhammer. Chaos Bane on PlayStation 4, Xbox One, PC. Time Spinner on Xbox One and Switch. Uh, Fro, from 2, PC and Mac. Persona. Q2. The Cinema Labyrinth on 3DS. Are you going to play Barrett? I'm interested in it. I mean, is Joey here? Jo- I don't know if Joey's here. Joey! She asked for a code one time ago. I don't know if she's here yet. This is pretty good. We go- we should probably save okay. this. We're yeah. gonna, we're gonna, we save it? Or t- no, no, this? we should say this. Okay, you look, you look okay. it up and you get ready to read about it because you're the only one who understands what the hell anybody's saying. Okay. We got inf- breaking news on Destiny 2, ladies and gentlemen. We're oh. going to have some information here in a second. Uh, Battletech Urban Warfare comes to PC. Uh, Kotodama, the seven mysteries of... Fujisawa comes to PlayStation 4, Switch, and PC. <laughs> Trover Saves the Universe is on PC. Uh, Effie is on PlayStation 4. The Legend of Heroes Trials of Cold Steel comes to PlayStation 4. Tiny Derby comes to Switch. <laughs> Pershing comes to Switch. Can I see a trailer for Tiny Derby? Uh, Red Siren Space Defense comes to Switch. The Incredible Adventures of Super Panda come to PC. Uh, Reventure leaves early access on Steam today. Uh, Elder Scrolls Online Elseworlds is out, or Elsewhere is out now. Uh, it's a massive new chapter on Xbox One, PC, PS4, PC, and Mac. Uh, Summer Funland is on PlayStation VR. And Ancient Relics, the archaeological theme story pack for Stellaris, is now available. New dates Swords. Our Gargantua uh, VR game, which is is coming out on June 6th for Oculus Rift, uh, Vive, Windows Mixed Reality, and Oculus Quest. Jumanji, the video game, is coming to PS4, P, uh, Switch, Xbox One, PC, November 15th. Astro Bears, the sequel to the compulsively playable hit for Nintendo Switch, will be available on the eShop July 19th. And then Dreams is getting an early access patch on June 6th. What is it? Let's kick it over to Abby on the PlayStation blog. What's new, you might ask? Well, just that. We've added a what's new feature to the main Dreamverse menu so you can see what media molecule content has added. For this update, you'll find Ancient Times Art Kit and its adorable new characters and everything you need to craft a gorgeous scene. We'll also start a community jam called Ancient Times on June 11th so you'll have the perfect excuse to try out these new assets. We'll also be adding two games to the MM, that's Media Molecule Arcade, Combo Crush, a coin collecting frenzy that you can remix and make your own, and fan favorite Comic Sans, uh, created by four Media Molecule jammers on a train during train jam 2018 you'll also find new multi-part imp quests to reward your creativity with some cute new imps smaller stuff is also there you can get it in the patch notes however abby ends with this oh and one more thing we recognize that in a living evolving game like dreams waiting a whole month for updates can feel like forever so from now on we'll be updating early access for dreams more frequently with little changes and tweaks in between our major content drops you'll see what we mean this month as we make more improvements to sorting discoverability and more andrea Yes, Greg. What is happening with this Kotaku Destiny news? Okay, hot off the press from uh, Jason Schreier over at Kotaku. A spanking hot new leak has revealed the next Destiny 2 expansion, and it's set in the place from which wizards come. Shadowkeep, which the will moon? take... That's correct. Shadowkeep, which will take Destiny players back to the moon, will go live this fall. Bungie plans to officially reveal Shadowkeep during a live stream on Thursday afternoon, but word has leaked out today thanks to data miners digging through the PC files in today's big Destiny 2 update. Come on, you guys! Don't you know that everything's gonna be data mined? What the heck? Data mined. The moon was one of Destiny 1's major locations, but has not yet made an appearance in the sequel, which came out in 2017. And according to 
the Reddit where the data miners were posting all of their findings, it appears a bad juju catalyst is in the data mine files. Bad juju, of course. An exotic gun. That okay, really I did gun. not know what that was. Um, so, obviously, we'll hear more from Bungie about this in just a few days. No surprise that a leak came out. <laughs> but, I, I'm... Uh, what? What? Uh, oh, you're supposed I to be excited. I hate the moon, Greg. Why? You go there, you, you, know you go on helium filaments. You go on I had your to mine bike, on you the get moon. the little things out of the I plants. I spent so many hours farming those dang things on the moon, but going Andrea, circles around ha- the moon on my fucking sparrow, collecting but helium. Look, it sounds so exciting. Filaments. The next chapter in the Destiny experience arrives this fall as terrifying shadows descend upon a forgotten moon. Return to the lunar surface. Journey deep into a mysterious enemy citadel. Become a slayer of nightmares. So that if, sounds cool. If, yeah, if, so if you look closely at I'm the looking. art here. Barrett, do you want to go to Kotaku and bring this up for any uh, visual listeners so out there? They have, um, they have, yeah, if we get it on the big screen, that'd be great. I could also just like zoom in on my computer here. <laughs> just go to Kotaku.com. It's their top story. You're fine. You can see like uh, this giant red gate Boom. that looks kind of reminiscent of some of the stuff we saw from the Red Legion, which is uh, the Cabal that we fought in the beginning of Destiny. Sure. I don't know if the Cabal are going to f- figure in here. The the moon, traditionally a uh, location for the Hive mm-hmm. faction mm-hmm. of yes. Destiny enemies, fought many Hive monsters there. Of course, we had a raid on the moon. So... I don't. I don't know. When I think of nightmares, I tend to think of um, the the Taken enemies, which okay. I also don't really appreciate or like. Oh, but they've okay. figured in quite heavily um, in the last couple um, content updates from Destiny. So I don't know what this means. I'm not sure. Return to. But the you're not surface. super excited, which is the scariest part. Listen, if they can do something snazzy with the moon, I'm down to to explore. And listen, here's my thing, Greg. You know me. I'm gonna let you talk. I love Destiny. I know, I know. I'd love to complain about Destiny. <laughs> <laughs> if there's one thing Andrea loves more than playing Destiny, complaining it's complaining about, about Destiny. Destiny. It's just, you know, you when you're so close to something, you sure. just want the best of it. Sure. And I just want it to be its best. That's okay. all. Okay, well, I guess we have to stay Listen, tuned to Thursday. As yeah. much as I can complain about Destiny, I'm going to be playing whatever they put out. I'm going to sure. be playing Season of Opulence. I'll play Shadowkeep when it comes out. Because I have a problem. You do have a problem. That's 100% <laughs> true. We never talked about it on this show either, too. They, they, this next specialization for the Division 2 is the minigunner. Oh, gun. yeah, Brrr. the Gatling gun? Yeah, yeah. So there, I've talked about it now. That's the, one, that's the one they delayed. It was supposed to drop with title update 3, was it not? Yeah, now it's title update 4. I don't think it was it delayed. Was it, I, I remember them. Yeah, okay. yeah, they delayed it. I just, they do everything right, so Listen, I don't know. Listen, I'm confident in this, but of course, kindofany.com slash you're wrong. That's what it exists for. It does exist for that exact reason. Fran will be in there and be like, now wow. <laughs> Deal of the day for you, ladies Fran's and gentlemen. Uh, Steam World Environment Day sale is today up to 80% off. Subnautica, Flower, Everything, East Shade, and more games featuring the natural world. A portion of the revenue from each sale will be donated to organizations like Greenpeace, uh, World Land Trust, and the Nature Conservatory. In addition, one tree planted will plant a tree for every copy of Plane sold during the event. Uh, the sale started on June 3rd, and it will end on June 7th. Yeah, June 7th at 1600, 4 o'clock, 4 p.m. Pacific time. This ain't no military. You know what I mean, Bear? (laughs) Yeah. Thank you, buddy. I'm glad glad I made you turn on the microphone for that. (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, time for reader mail, but first I'm going to tell you about our sponsors. Let's start with Hims. Nick and Andy noticed their hair was thinning, and they decided to do something about it. They went to 4 a one-stop shop for hair loss, skin care, sexual wellness, and more for men. Uh, 66% of men lose their hair by the age 35, and the thing is, once you start to notice, it can be too late. It's easier to keep the hair you have than worry about the ones you've lost. Thanks to science, baldness can be optional. Hims connects you with real doctors and medical-grade solutions to treat your hair loss. You get well-known generic equivalents to name-brand prescriptions to help you keep your hair. No snake oil pills or gas station counter supplements. These are prescription solutions backed by science. There's no waiting room, no awkward in-person doctor visits. You save hours by going to 4hims.com like Nick and Andy did. They went there, answer a few questions, the doctor reviews their case, looks at some photos, and then prescribes products that are shipped directly to your door. Uh, my listeners get a free trial month of Hims for just $5 today right now while supplies last. See the website for full details and safety information. This would cost hundreds if you went to the doctor or pharmacy. Go to 4hims.com slash gamesdaily. That's F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash gamesdaily for hims.com slash gamesdaily. Up next, Omaha Steaks. Y'all know I love Omaha Steaks. How do you know I lo- love them? Because I sent them to my dad for a birthday or Father's Day. He loved It must have been birthday because he loved it so much that he sent it back for my birthday. And now the cycle continues. And everyone is happy with meat in their freezers and stomachs and eating great things and having good times. Uh, be like my dad and me and be be fat and happy. Uh, looking for an easy, affordable way to stock up for summer grilling or take care of Father's Day, which you're probably going to forget about. Think Omaha Steaks. Omaha Steaks is America's original butcher, making special occasions easier since 1917. Right now, Omaha Steaks is giving a limited time Father's Day gift to my listeners. Go to omahasteaks.com and enter the code KFGAMES in the search bar for 74% off the Father's Day Steak Fix gift package. A $235 value now for $59.99. Order now and you'll get two tender filet mignons, two top sirloins, two savory pork chops, four Omaha steak burgers, four massive gourmet jumbo franks, four crispy chicken fried steaks, all beef meatballs, four premium chicken breasts, four caramel apple tartlets, a packet of Omaha steaks signature seasoning, and you'll get four extra Omaha steak burgers for free. You can order now and get this exclusive offer, Omaha steaks, Father's Day steak fix gift package, all for a $235 value, I should say, for $59.99. Go to omahasteaks.com and type the code KFGAMES into the search bar. Don't wait. This offer ends soon. Go to omahasteaks.com, type KFGAMES in the search bar to get the Father's Day steak fix gift package today, today. What gif was cracking you up over there? Um, so, you know, Corey added again. Of course Corey did. Um, oh, yes. yeah. <laughs> well, mind blown. He says, when you realize plain M&Ms are better, since you can always add a handful of peanuts if you want. but Or, any, the, or a superior on, nut. But taking the peanut out of individual peanut M&Ms isn't worth the work. There you go. Think about that, Barrett. Next time you and your friends are over there. Think about the delicious M&M's and trail mix. Always the classic milk chocolate. Uh Uh-huh. Because there's peanuts Uh already in trail mix. You don't Uh need the peanut wrapped in the candy shell. Peanut M&M's suck, Barrett. But you know what? Peanut M&M's, it's great because you just have the M&M and the peanut and now all the other bullshit that comes with trail mix. No, there's always... Bunk peanuts yeah, in there. Yeah, I fucking said it, Greg. Barrett, do you know how offensive you're being to Andy Prince? He wrote in to patreon.com slash games, but you're over there ranting about M&Ms, and it's frankly embarrassing, and it, it reflects badly on all M&M peanut people. Jesus. Just go on with the show, Greg. Andy writes in and has the floor to drop some knowledge and opinions and reviews on us. Hey, Andrew and Greg. In regards to yesterday's talk about Fault 76, I wanted to chime in. I paid for the Power Armor Edition and love the series. I haven't felt that burned in a long time, especially because 76 felt like it was made for me. I'm the type of Fallout player who keeps finding their own stories and adventures within the world hours after any story ends, a super niche group. 
I've put over 200 hours in, and with constant random issues, I've still found myself jumping in over and over to place again since launch. Stability for me is way better now and feels like it should have at launch. The community is the best I've ever run into an online game, with folks helping and being nice 95% of the time. The new Wild Appalachia DLC season was also stellar and added tons of new stuff to do. I'm really hoping to see more about Nuclear Winter, the next DLC season, which may introduce the, some kind of last man standing slash mini battle royale with Vault 51, but we shall see. If you weren't into it before, I, I still don't recommend it, but as a fan of Fallout's... <laughs> But as a fan of Fallout's world, I feel like they're, they are listening to us and they are trying to keep building a better game. Sorry for the long post. Love you all. Stay safe out there, Wastelanders. No, it was in, it, I think that was a great one, Andy. I'm glad you wrote in with that. Like, that's what we're looking for, right? Obviously, we talked yesterday about Todd's... Some uh, guy named Andy. But we're not Andy, calling you Andy, no. No, we want that kind of feedback. Of course, we talked yesterday, Andrea, about the Todd Howard comments to the Ryan McCaffrey on Filter article or podcast, which is out now. Yes, I did hear that. And so it was, uh, I, I downloaded it again over the weekend before those comments hit of like, I'm hankering to get back into 76, but it was, I don't know what it's like anymore. So it's interesting to see that, yeah, it's still out there for, it, it's gotten better if you're into that kind of thing, if that's the experience you're looking for. It just sucks to it's such a rough start, but we'll see. Sunday, right? What, what? But how Bethesda is going to talk about it? Yeah, this time I have to imagine we're going to see something Fallout related at the showcase. I 100 percent do, but I, my, I wonder if it'll be. I, I just wonder about the packaging of it. Of hey, everybody, it was a rough start, but it's really great, and here's what you've missed. Or hey, everybody, it was a rough start, and we think we've got a reason for you to come now. If you didn't give a chance, or if you didn't want to try it, here's what's up. Yeah, we asked um, the Magic Eight Ball about this. I think we specifically asked if. Pete Hines was going to come on stage and say we fucked up. Yeah, that was the question. We asked the eight ball, will Pete say Hines say we fucked up on stage? There's an excellent chance knowing Pete Hines. Um, the eight ball said better not tell you now. Ooh. Well, remember, of course, kind of funny tradition dictates we will call Pete Hines 10 minutes before <laughs> he goes on the stage at the, and our, during our pre-show on twitch.tv slash kind of funny because I don't really associate Pete Hines with Fallout though and talking about Fallout. Yeah, but I mean... Todd, he, How, Todd Howard's not going to come out and say we fucked he, up. No, right? no, no. Pete Hines he is, the, is the comms guy. He's the guy that is in charge of well, all Todd the Howard messaging. not coming down from his ivory tower to come say he fucked it's, up. He Pete Hines, one of us. All is right? Todd yeah. Howard going to be Todd Howard or is he going to be a Todd Coward about it? Wow. Whoa. Wow. I like that. Wow. You should write headlines for stuff. Um, you know what I mean? Todd I, is probably too busy making Starfield and Elder Scrolls busy. 6. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, Joey's in here eating some garbage peanut M&M's. You oh, find those yeah, on the ground? Thank you for You find those in the gutter? Peanut M&M's, Joey. Don't flick me off, Joey. What Joey doesn't know is that I opened that bag and tossed Spitting them all it. in the toilet and then pulled them out yeah. and put them back in the bag. Thank you. You know what? Even though they've gone in the toilet and out of the toilet, still better than uh, regular M&M's, you know what I'm saying? God, you're disgusting. You know what I mean? Literally, you got poo in your mouth now. Saucy Biscuit wants to continue talking about <laughs> Fallout 76. Literally, you got poo in your mouth now. There's another gift for you, Corey. What's up, KFGD crew? Yesterday, you guys mentioned Fallout 76 going free to play, and I think that's a great idea. But what do you think about the chances of it coming to Game Pass? Uh, it seems like Bethesda and Microsoft have a pretty good relationship with many of their bug titles coming to Game Pass er, er, already. Sorry. Uh, how do you think they could talk it up at E3 followed by and it's free to play on Game Pass? Uh, could doing that plus not giving up on this game help restore Bethesda's reputation? I uh, would love to hear your thoughts. Stay groovy. What does that mean? Bug titles? Uh, you know how Bethesda's games are always buggy. But like all of their games are kind of buggy. That's what he said. Well, that's what, that's what he's saying. Wolfenstein was with many buggy. Of, yeah, that's why uh, it's more of a fallout. Skyrim open open world stuff. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Uh, personally, Saucy Biscuit and Andrew, I'll be interested in your take. I think that'd be the wrong move. I think what you have to do is come out. Hey, here's how we've we, we fucked up. 
here's how we fixed it here's the next piece of dlc nuclear winner is what it was called by andy in the last one right uh, yeah, nuclear winner and it's going to be awesome and it's exciting and go and then after that comes out and people are like man fallout 76 is good that's when i think you can do a game pass thing i'm against fallout 76 going free to play anytime soon because i think that would be uh, uh, that's a slap in the face i paid for this game and it was broken at launch and now it's finally yeah, good they should wait at least a year before they make it free and they should absolutely include all these expansions for free are the expansions going to cost extra money i don't think wild appalachia did but i'm unsure kind of funny.com slash you're wrong but is I also this new check. one going to cost money because it shouldn't they should I, include I think, it for free yeah i think it I thought I thought all the expansions, especially if they're still doing free. microtransactions in game for cosmetics. And yeah, things they still like are. That. That's all happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, control F free. Hmm, interesting. Mm. Yeah, it's been too long. I've been removed from it from too long, but I'm pretty sure it was. I also don't think Bethesda's reputation has been smeared so terribly by what happened with Fallout 76 that they're not going to have successful launches for their other titles. They have a wide slate of games. They have a, a ton of stuff coming down the pipeline. You know, we're expecting to see something from Doom Eternal at the showcase. Yeah. We're expecting to see something from Wolfenstein, Wolfenstein. Youngblood. Um, we're definitely going to see something from either Elder Scrolls Blades, Legends, or online at the show. Hopefully we'll see a new IP. You know, like, I, I think that, you know, what we talked about this back at the end of the year of 2018 yep. where I had said, I think people are upset now and rightfully so for a variety of reasons, but I think this is going to blow over by the time Bethesda announces their next big game and they'll be fine. You know? And you were right. Good job. Hey, Hashtag Andrew. Uh, Fallout 76 DLC is free because of microtransactions. Yeah. So all the expansion stuff is all, is all out there. Yeah. I was the guy who uh, there was like, are they gonna have to, can they do an E3 press conference? Cause it seems so dire at the point in mm -hmm. time. And so, yeah, but the fact that we're here now and I do think that it's not a, all right, all forgiven, you fixed it, but it is that thing of it's it's simmered down in terms of the internet hate machine. Uh, they have been committed to making it better, it seems. I mean, again, we have Andy saying that, and, mm -hmm. it and I mean, I feel like, yeah, they're in a much different spot than they were when it first launched, and everybody's like, what the fuck? Yeah. And I think when you do come out, and Bethesda, again, in the past, has always been really good, it seems, about being transparent on these things and being the ones who say fuck Nazis and being fun on stage so i think you can have fun with that of coming out be like yeah we fucked it up and we're committed to not unfucking it and we're all, you know what i mean like yeah we're almost there and move that way will they do that i don't know will pete hines answer his phone on the pre bethesda show we'll find well, out Sunday. i'll do my best to try to find him oh no he always answers It'll okay be fine. good don't worry about it more like pete finds you know what i'm saying is that so like you think he's like attractive? Yeah, he's a good looking dude. Oh he's no, a, he's a great yeah, looking dude. No, I'm not fox. saying that. I was making sure I understood what you were saying. Especially when he says fuck Nazis. Agreed. Steve Saylor, the blind gamer, writes into patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames and says, I'm so excited for what you both have planned for E3 with kind of funny and what's good games. I am even more excited as I will also be attending E3 for the first time as part of an ESA accessibility event. My question is, what is your advice for attending E3 for first-timers? I know, probably some of the kind of funny best friends will be attending for the first time as well. And I thought, who better to get advice on how to navigate all the shiny things than from veterans such as yourselves? Without breaking NDAs, are there any booths you're excited to go to? What indies will be at the E3 that will be at the kind of funny game showcase that a best friend should go say hi to? What are the little trade tips and tricks that you can give to help make this E3 one I and the kind of funny best friends won't forget? 
That is a great question. I'm so happy to hear you're going to be at E3. Hopefully we'll get to run into each other and, and catch up and say hello. Um, for your first time at E3, I would recommend making sure if you have a specific game you want to see, arriving early and being prepared to wait in line to see it. Or if you have a looser schedule, arrive like an hour or two after the doors open so there's not such a cluster of people trying to get in and go through security because they are doing extensive bag checks and metal detector checks uh, this year um, because each year for the last couple of years, the ESA has really stepped up their security measures, which is important and very good. Um, But if you go, so it's like packs, right? If you go right when the doors open, you have to wait in the queue hall forever and then like they open the doors and everybody runs and it's like this big cluster. But if you show up like an hour after the doors open, you can just walk right in. Have your iced coffee walk on in. Nothing is scarier than, you know, like last year I was working the show floor for the last couple of days and I walked into the side entrance for like for people working on the on the floor and nothing is scarier than walking right there right when the doors open and people start fucking like running, running and I was booking like, oh my god like I like ran a little bit to the side got the fuck out of there but yeah, yeah. that was terrifying I yeah. saw my life flash before my yeah, eyes it can, be, it can be really scary but they're really good at the convention center about not letting people run because whenever you see somebody running through the convention center it's like a big flag that something is happening like an emergency or yeah somebody's chasing somebody or something so don't run anywhere don't hurt anybody Um, (laughs) don't run anywhere another like insider pro tip if you are staying all the way through the whole week thursday at the very end of the show for like the last two hours of the show floor hours if you're really interested in getting swag make your rounds to your favorite developers because odds are they have boxes of merch that they do not want to ship back that they would be more than happy to give you stuff. Yeah. Now, it doesn't mean you're going to get a t-shirt in the size that you want or you're going to get the poster or the button or whatever the thing is that you want, but without a doubt, there will be people who are like, please just take this thing. I don't want to ship it home. If, if you're there in the last 30 minutes too, just take the TV screens. No, just don't do that. No, that's <laughs> theft. That's, why I, that's what no. I started doing. No, yeah. no. Uh, the only, the pro tip I'll give you, right, is one that you know and I know mm-hmm. well. We use it all the time. But when you're trying to get from West Hall to South Hall or vice versa, right? Outside. Do the outside. Do mm-hmm. not, you, you're, your mind would tell you to go to the front and take the giant hallway. It's always just terrible. If you, when you're coming down if you're leaving West Hall, right, and the the cafeteria is over here on your right, go to those glass doors that lead you outside. There's food trucks and stuff there, but you can also just cut all the way over to South Hall. It's so much easier. It's yeah, way better the outside shortcut is definitely the way to go. It's clutch. You yeah, know what I mean? But then, yeah, good. like you're saying, uh, Steve, I mean, bo- try to book whatever appointments you could. If you're going general, yeah, yeah. try to go prioritize what you want to see. Be prepared to wait in those lines. Get over there. Do that and stuff. And then also try to cluster your West Hall um, booths with your West Hall appointments and then vice versa for South Hall because it is at a minimum like a five minute journey between the two halls. Yeah. So if you book your appointments back to back, inevitably you're going to be late for something. So try to uh, make sure you have buffer time between your appointments if you are booking appointments or if you look at the floor map and you're like, okay, on Tuesday, we're going to hit the West Hall and then on Wednesday, we're going to hit the South Hall and then Thursday, we're going to pick up whatever we missed the first two days. But you don't want to give yourself, you know, foot pain by walking back and forth, back and forth all day. I had to traverse back and forth between the West and South Hall one year five times in a single day and it was not pleasant. It was a sweaty Betty. I hate that. I hate that. Yeah. Sweaty Betty. Yeah, because when you're hoofing it oh, with sure. a backpack oh, full yeah. of gear because you're doing interviews, man. I hear you. No, no, no more. 
I have learned from my my own Andrew, mistakes. Andrew, I'm enjoying our E3 reflections here. Let's. Yeah, I'm going to give you one more here. All right? Okay. Okay. It's one man tag team Scotland. That's it. The one man tag team, I guess the Scotland division of it. Good morning. Patreon.com slash kind of funny games. Good morning, Greg and Andrea. With all the E3 predictions and speculations floating around the internet at the moment, plus embargoes, meaning some of these can't be confirmed, I ask you, what has been the biggest bit of news you've been told but haven't been able to talk about? (laughs) Obviously not something you still can't talk about. He means in your career. What's the biggest off the record or early embargoed, whatever you want to call it. How hard is it for you not to confirm rumors that you read or talk about on the show? Have you ever accidentally broken any embargoes? Um, well, it would be in bad faith to tell you about news that we knew about in advance and that we know about now. At least for me, there's definitely things that I legally can't tell you about. But Cracking I can't tell books, you about huh? a t- I can't tell you about a time where I thought that I broke an embargo, but I actually didn't. Okay, what do you got? Um, so what happened was there was a preview we were doing for Sunset Overdrive. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, fabulous game from Insomniac on Xbox One. And I saw that Game Informer had posted their coverage. And so I was like, oh, okay, I must have gotten the time wrong. So I pushed my video preview live because we were all at the same event sure, together. Sure, 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 sure. I was like, okay, great. And then I immediately got a message from PR being like, oh, you know, the embargo is not until tomorrow or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, well, I saw Game Informer's coverage go live. So I, I just assumed that, you know, I got the embargo time wrong. And they're like, no, we need everybody to pull their stuff down. Game Informer wasn't supposed to publish that. That's how it always goes, right? And I was like, oh, my bad. So I pulled it down right away. Thankfully, it had only been up for like an hour. Um, And we hadn't like done any social push on it. So it only had like a couple of views or whatever. Um, But the reason why it was really interesting is because the day before, they'd put out a dev diary that virtually explained everything that we were going over in our preview. And so I had called then that day and been like oh so we can push everything live and they're like no you know the other embargo holds and then the even more confusing part was the print coverage had an earlier embargo than the video coverage and I just assumed it was because they were going to put out like a new piece of gameplay but then they put that new piece of gameplay out ahead of the print coverage embargo and so I was all kinds of confused over what I was supposed to do yeah so that kind of stuff happens from time to time but um, generally speaking I've never actually broken an embargo as being like the one person who who broke embargo yeah i can't i'm I've trying also to think had nothing of accidentally posted either because that's happened to several nightmare. people i know yeah, 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 where, like yeah. it's a back-end cms issue or Dude, youtube IG happened all the time or, where we yeah. put it in there and this is like back in the old old cms days and something would happen where the uk would see it and think something and publish it or it would be in the wrong time zone or whatever or something would just happen and it would just go live shit like that yeah. all the time i'm trying to think yeah I've definitely broken embargoes, but it's luckily, you know, knock on wood, always been tiny things where yeah. I publish something and like, oh, hey, the reviews aren't supposed to go live for another hour. I was like, oh, fuck. And it's like some small game. Not like yeah. I've never blown it for a giant first party release or an Xbox announcement or anything like that, which has been that's I hate it. Like nothing scares me more than when you're and I don't do it, have to do it that much anymore. Thank goodness. But like putting in articles and setting it to 1201 and like, did I get the oh, right? PM, yeah. See, we don't do like, that anymore. Like at yeah. what's good, like we don't even mess with that. We generally will just hold the video and then we'll upload it after the embargo because we're not in the business anymore of breaking the breaking news, news. Yeah, well, not it, okay. that what's good was ever that business but i've worked at news outlets so have you yeah where like it's a race to see who can get their coverage up the fastest yeah to try to get as many clicks as possible and i'm so glad i don't have to live that life anymore yeah um yeah good question fun one we walk down memory lane right i don't i don't fall in the same camp as you not that i'm throwing shade at you or anything on top yeah. like i mean 
for you know uh what's the biggest thing you've known i mean if you name a playstation thing for being the playstation guy for so long i probably knew about it right like i remember i remember when i was told by someone at playstation that the last of us was gonna the ant thing was a naughty dog game and i was like what the fuck are you talking about and then like being at dinner and like somebody there who was from playstation was being very guarded and i was like listen the thing is last of us god of war is going to be this multiplayer thing with four factions there's some other thing and like fuck they really do tell you everything and then everybody was allowed to talk to me about it whatever it was and then like spider-man i knew about way 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 in advance through the weirdest through the weirdest that that i won't get into mm. like this is more i think what you're talking about i won't get into how i knew these things but the spider-man thing i got confirmed months and months and months in advance through a really weird thing we're like yeah, this it's is what's the idea that what? we like have people in the industry that we have known for a long time but like when i worked at gamestop for example i had information privileged information because yeah. we would have to shoot some oh, of sure. that stuff very far in advance you know we're under extensive ndas and legal documents for confidentiality but I mean, sometimes you get to see like the prices on games or the prices on hardware and um, SKUs and titles and special editions and yeah. things like that in advance. To your question, then one man tag team, how hard is it not to confirm rumors and stuff? It's not like this is what I was talking about with the games cast. Andrea had to turn off because we were promoting too much E3 stuff in the front <laughs> for our E3 predictions this year. Is like this year was really hard for me to make predictions because I feel like I know a ton of stuff. Yeah. And it's not hard for me not to do that even when like eventually we'll talk about it what i uh, when i can what i know right and when we get there it'll be very simple i talk about the things that i know stuff about now with the knowledge of what i knew back when we were making other predictions about it or what i've read off the internet right that's right. all it is you just check it at the door in terms of what you really know versus what you're allowed to say and stuff because of ndas contracts off the record information stuff like that yeah. Yeah, and it's it's tough i think a lot of times the audience forgets what off the record means or the context of it you know some of these conversations that we have are going to be off the record indefinitely right like we have conversations oh, sure. with people and we can never report on them or that we we had that conversation or even use it as on background information but i think more importantly for me personally i have never had a desire to leak or break anything because it's never been my brand of news like people sure. don't come to my twitter feed or to what's good games or even to kind of funny to like no. get a hot scoop yeah. right i mean that's very much like a, a kotaku thing or an ign your gamer game spot right they're at the like the the edge of what is hot and what is the the latest information and because that's what their brands do and for me i i never would jeopardize my relationship of for receiving privileged information by betraying that trust to get what one viral tweet and that's the thing like I, one I've, viral episode of our show well, and then so now my people, relationships with all of those people are ruined and i, and I use and it always what? in a joking sense but there's so you many know? people that do get cagey about telling you something off the record or whatever and i'm mm -hmm. like cool dude i've been doing this for 12 years i'm not doing this to blow up i'm not gonna blow up my career to tweet out one thing of like here's this release date this one and done thing that would like what yeah go viral or just be sourced yeah. all over the place like what's the point of it that and again to your point that's just not who we are and right. I, I always you know I, it's an example I've talked about before and kind of funny I think on games daily but of course there's new people every day like it's in the old up at noon days where I had a developer on and totally not thinking because he wasn't first party PlayStation he wasn't even PlayStation right confirmed that Orbis was PlayStation 4 and that it wasn't running on it was running on the next Unreal or whatever and it was that thing of like or Unity whatever it was and it was like okay and it ended and everybody left and I grabbed Nick and I'm like do you know what just happened and he's like no and I had explained to him no one no one's confirmed that that's a real thing right and we had a long conversation with IGN about like what to do and we ended up cutting out of the show because up at noon isn't that thing and if and it would have been like cool let's burn this one guy down 
Right. This one developer burn him to the ground and his career probably get him fired. And then who's going to want to come on up at noon and ever talk to us again and, th- and that thing and not be totally guarded, especially for our our fart show. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, right, we just did a monologue making fun of all this crap. Like we're, you're not coming for the scoops. That's for us. the thing. It's video games. And I think that's something that we have conversations with our audience about a lot is that what we cover is not life or death news. It's not impacting people's day to day lives, their finances, like people at, you know, your Fox News, your CNNs, your Huffington Post, people that are doing like political coverage of whatever flavor is your variety. Like, that's not what we do. We do. We cover entertainment news. This is for laughs. This is for funsies. This is, and in, plenty this people is who, infotainment at its best. And there's plenty of people, Schreier, yeah. Kitak, Waypoint, that are doing, or Vice Games now, that are doing the opposite of that, that are doing hard-hitting right. blah, blah, blah. But you understand the brand of kind of funny shenanigans you're getting into when you come here. Kevin's right. going to come in and scream stuff. We're going to yell about peanut M&M's. Exactly. You know, classic M&M's are the best. Exactly. We just want to leave the you with one that, takeaway. maybe. That's the one. Barry, I'd love to. You, pro- you brought up the time. I'd love to give you the floor to respond to that jab, but you can't. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for Squad <laughs> Up. This is where one of you writes in to patreon.com slash kind of funny games. Give me your name, username, platform of choice, why you need help in a video game. I read here. The best friends come and find you and everybody plays games together. Today, Jeffrey P. Long needs help on Xbox. Jeffrey's username is Jeffrey P. Long. Uh, J-E-F-F-R-E-Y space P space long. Uh, Happy Monday, best friends. Oh, this is from Monday. Uh, I'm looking for a kind of funny best friend to join our crew in rock band rivals. We are a regular Bloodstone achieving crew and we desperately need a new vocalist. Don't worry. We don't make you buy any DLCs. So if you're a lone wolf vocalist that wants to join a pack, hit me up on Xbox. Looking forward to seeing one of you flex those golden pipes. If you want to play rock band rivals with Jeffrey P. Long, hit up Jeffrey P. Long. Andrea. Oh, EA's getting in on the action. What did EA say about M&M's? EA tweeted, peanut butter M&M's going to come out of nowhere to sweep. Wait, peanut butter? No, They're, Again, no adding different M&M's. They must not have seen the original poll. Also, to confirm, for people listening who are not familiar, this is a poll at one at Joey Noel's Twitter account where we are purely voting nope. on classic versus peanut. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, we are yeah, not yeah. talking <laughs> about caramel. We are not talking about peanut butter. We're not That's talking about the crispy. That's a fight for a different day. Or yeah. the pretzels. We're not talking about any of those. We're not it's, saying what the best one is. No, no. We're just saying out of which these one, two. Out of these if you two. You could only choose We asked people watching classic. live on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames to go to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong and tell us what we <laughs> screw up as we screw it up. Nanobiologist points out that uh, he's hearing that Australian PSN users are reporting a price increase for PlayStation Plus as well. Uh, Nanobiologist points out Trover saves universes on PS4 today as well. It wasn't on PS4 last week and then it's on PC this week, I thought is what the deal was there. But yeah. either way, yes, it's everywhere. Um, that's not a you're wrong. We're keeping it to your wrongs today because we're moving. Some people are putting in news here. Uh, Albino Yeti says we missed that Ghostbusters Planet DLC. I'm sorry, DLC for Planet Coaster is out today. A lot of people pointing out that Andrea is wrong. Fran is awake and he's streaming Destiny already. <laughs> of course he is. Uh, <laughs> Nanobiologist says the minigun specialization was shown in the April 4th Battle for DC trailer, but was not announced to be coming, but was announced to be coming later after the raid. He can't find reports of it being delayed. Um, and I think we got it. Did not receive a response from yeah. one Tim Schafer. He might be preparing what for a coward. E3. What a know? coward. You Working. know what I mean? That's the worst. I don't respect peanut M&M eaters, but I respect that they are dumb enough to take a side, even if it's the wrong side. <laughs> Tim Schafer, though, wants to ride in the middle. He doesn't want to pick what Eminem it is. You know what I mean? Everybody, right now, tweet at Tim of Legend. 
Get off the Eminem fence. No context, nothing else. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this has been Kinda Funny Games Daily. Remember, we're here each and every weekday. Twitch.tv slash Kinda Funny Games. Later, YouTube.com slash Kinda Funny Games. Roosterteeth.com. Podcast services around the globe. Tomorrow, it's me and Gary Witta. Thursday, Fran is a coward and dropped out, so it's Tim and Andy. Friday, it's Tim and Mike <laughs> Mahardy from GameSpot. Andrea. Yes, Greg. I will see you in LA for EA Play and E3 in general. I'm so excited. I can't wait. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, it's been our pleasure to serve you.